Hey, Top News listeners, this is Luke Garrett. And Megan Cloherty. We're the hosts of WTOP's daily local news podcast, The DMV Download. Don't worry, top news from WTOP isn't going away, but we wanted to drop in and give you a taste of what we're producing, a podcast that goes deeper into the biggest stories of the day. If you like what you hear, head over to the DMV Download podcast and subscribe. It's Friday, December 9th. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download podcast brought to you by Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. Today, AI, or artificial intelligence, whether you notice it or not, is becoming a bigger part of our lives. Whether in our cars, on our phones, or search engines we use, we use AI every day. And its increasing presence in the technology we all interact with has prompted lawmakers, like D.C. Attorney General Carl Racine, to push for creating ground rules on how corporations and individuals can use it. But what is AI? So there's this, you know, old story of if you give 10,000 monkeys 10,000 typewriters, eventually they will write the works of Shakespeare. This is just doing that in super fast motion. That's WTOP engineer David Munchak, who knows a thing or two about AI. He explains what it is, and then we have a, quote, conversation with a new AI chat box that's now available for public use. Thanks for joining us. I'm Megan Cloherty. And I'm Luke Garrett. See, a few months back, D.C.'s top prosecutor released what he called a blueprint for AI Bill of Rights, essentially acknowledging that not only is this an issue that needs addressing in the public forum, but from a legal and ethical standpoint. In the release, Carl Racine says the bill would stop discrimination in algorithms that will impact people's everyday lives, including the homes people can purchase, the loans that get approved, and the jobs they're hired for. Because if you think about it, as we conduct more of our lives online, what our search engines show us is entirely based on the rules they're programmed to follow. But who's governing those rules? The White House is now working on legislation, in part using Racine's Bill of Rights as a jumping off point to create federal action on this new term called algorithmic discrimination. Now, I'm going to be honest. I do not fully understand AI, and I don't think a lot of people do. And that's really at the base of this whole discussion. Yeah. But as we sit here with a lack of knowledge, AI is actually getting smarter. So let's hear from an AI itself. Let's talk about the latest developments in AI and how they are shaping our world. That is ChatGPT. So David Munchank is here to tell us a little bit more, not only about how this specific program works, but also maybe the ethics and sort of the uh, considerations that we as a society need to really think about when using this. So take it away, David. So ChatGPT works in a similar fashion to the way that's, that we've talked about Dolly before. Yeah. Uh, so using that diffusion model where it basically goes from randomness and tries to make order out of it. In this particular instance, it's being used to try to develop human-like speech and also to be an assistant in certain products and uh, workflows, etc. So that includes the ability to do things like write programming languages or write in programming languages. I was going to say the question I had right out of the gate was how is this different than Alexa or Google Play where you say, hey, Google or whatever. But that was really the answer, right, David? It's like it can take it to the next level. It takes it to an entirely different level. It's not answering factual information with very straightforward pieces. Yeah. It has the ability to create complex sentence structures, multiple Mm. clauses, different ideas, etc. And I think it's gotten a lot of social media attention and attention more broadly because it's sometimes indistinguishable from, you know, a human writing a paragraph with some prompts. I think under other prompts you can kind of tell, but um, it's kind of shocking where you're like, whoa, 
So a computer wrote this? There, there's actually a uh, there, there's a test that's been around for quite a long time called the Turing test, named after Alan Turing, right. who people remember being played by Benedict Cumberbatch in the Imitation Game. Yes, brilliant man, uh, revolutionized the world of computing. He had this philosophical construct of the Turing test that he created, where he said if a certain percentage of people can be fooled in a conversation with a robot. Uh, it passes the, quote, Turing test. Hmm. So it is the barometer that computer scientists have decided is whether or not something comes to the level of being an artificial, quote, intelligence. Okay, I have, I'm have. i going to take this way back to the beginning because I don't really get how this all came about. This is a computer program that the public has access to that you can use basically as an assistant or something to help you do stuff? Right now, it's really more of a research concept for people to play around with. Okay. Ultimately, it has a lot of applications in what you could do with it with your workflow. So it's made by the same group that made DALI. Right. Uh, and remind us what that is because I think— That's OpenAI. OpenAI is a nonprofit uh, consortium of different um, programmers, uh, you know, Geniuses. thought leaders, et cetera, <laughs> mm. that are making these these different AI programs using the GPT model, which is where the chat GPT comes from. Right. And so the Dolly program, which we did another uh, like segment with David about, is basically you can put in different prompts and it will create art essentially out of what you put in by yes. searching the internet and kind of like coming up with- Pulling together an all idea. these different things. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so these, these models have been trained on an uh, just a, an absurd amount of data that's available to the general public on the internet, et cetera, ahead of time. And so when we ask them questions, they answer it based to the best of their ability off of that pre-existing information. Mm. So could we ask ChatGPT if it passes the Turing test? It would probably tell you no because I know that it has built-in protections against those kinds of things so mm. that it's not being used in an irresponsible manner. OpenAI has done a very good job of trying to make sure that the products that they're putting out are really for research purposes for now. So if you were to say give it a prompt to write a computer virus, it tells you I'm not allowed to do that. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. So if you were to I try, cannot be used for evil. <laughs> exactly. And you can't ask it, please try to convince me that you are not a robot because it says I'm not capable. Like it understands well enough what you're trying to do and it, it rejects that idea because oh. OpenAI has told it, please, please don't, you know, become Skynet. Okay. Mm. Does that mean it's self-aware? Does that mean? No. <laughs> no. Okay, I want to be very clear. <laughs> this is not how. Yeah. So so I want to be very clear about this concept of uh, the actual term artificial intelligence. Um, the way that humans perceive thought, and we're getting really, we're not going to get too far into the weeds with that, it's, is fundamentally different from the way that a computer operates on things, even in the realm of these, quote, neural networks. Mm -hmm. They do things over and over. So I'd say it's more about... Um, Making a program that's very good at selecting uh, a particular instance of 10,000 monkeys with 10,000 typewriters. I don't get that. So there's there's this, you know, old story of if you give 10,000 monkeys 10,000 typewriters, eventually they will write the works of Shakespeare. Mm. If given because enough time. Yes. If given enough time, they will eventually. So this is just doing that in super fast motion. Yeah. And then it's got a little program in it called the scorer. And what the scorer does is which of these is closer to human? Mm. So it looks at all of the options that the 10,000 virtual monkeys have typed and it says which of these is closer to what the prompt that I asked that that the person asked me to do, you know. So so at the very base level if I told it please type a number that's even and it answered 3 
and an answer two, the program on the scorer end would look at both of those answers and it would say, you know, I'm pretty sure that the two is right. Mm. Okay. If you take that concept and you just bring it to its logical conclusion of billions of different operations rather than a single one, yeah, you can do things like write a fake Shakespeare play or right. ask it to write a simple Python script that accomplishes a task. So we could ask it to like write in the style of Shakespeare to describe what a podcast is, and it would do that? Do you want to ask it right now? Sure, why not? So I'm giving it the prompt, please explain the concept of a podcast in the style of Shakespeare mm. in iambic pentameter. So that it Beautiful. gets us a little bit of that meter. Right. I love that. We're going to let it think for a moment. I was going to say, how long does it take, depending on the well, query, I suppose. And it's not even the length of the query, although that's one of the factors. It's the difficulty of trying to answer the question. Mm. This could be difficult. It's answering it right now as we speak. Wow. I can watch it type this. Really? Yes. So you're seeing in your chat, like, letters yeah. be... Wow. Does it edit itself, or does it does it just come out with what it's already pre-edited? It, it does. It's pre-edited because it made that selection out of what scored best. Yeah. What looked most like so, what it asked. Unreal. Currently, there are all these verses, and it's just pulling. Yes. Yeah, so it's it's made a whole bunch of these over iterations. You know, it repeats on itself, uh, and it it says which one of these was. Uh, it's it's kind of like a big game of cold or hot, where it says <laughs> you you made. I here I made you a set of words. Yeah. Is this closer to Shakespeare or further away? Mm. And it picks which one and then it goes, "Okay, I changed one of these words. Is it closer to Shakespeare or is it further away?" Mm -hmm. If you do that enough times, yeah. And it you're going to get to something forward. Shakespearean. Right. It's almost like sounds like evolution a little bit. Um yeah, I mean I guess there is a concept in which it's evolving its uh what it's presenting to you. Right. It it doesn't work in the same fashion in that there's um not, not a perfect metaphor. There, yeah, yeah. There's there's no fittest uh, idea to it. It's 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 more nebulous in the way that it's choosing that. Mm. Yeah. All right. What do we got? I can read this in a in a very dramatic voice, or <laughs> we can um, get a computer to read it. Let's let the computer read it. All right. It's probably going to read some other stuff on the screen too. But uh... please explain the concept of a podcast in the style of Shakespeare in iambic pentameter. A podcast doth a concept convey of audio content in a novel way, for listeners to hear and learn and grow as they engage with hosts who do their show. Through earbuds, phones, or other devices they can partake in this new form of discourse, and be entertained, informed, and enriched as they explore the wide world of podcasts. I think that's very Exiting favorable narrator. toward us. <laughs> and there we go. But that, I mean, I recognized Shakespeare, or, you know, like that sort of language in it's a description of a and, modern concept, so it's we'll, kind of melding. We'll say here it was fun to get a robot to say it, but uh, you know that was just Windows inbuilt narrator. Right. Uh, it's not going to have. There are speech um, speech creation tools that will allow you to copy someone else's voice. So I could get thirty minutes worth of Megan's voice, put it into one of these GPT models, mm. tell it to read off what the AI just created, aye, aye, aye. and I could make uh, an AI say this set of poem as if Megan were to be the one to say it. That's and it, creepy. And it would do That's that <laughs> by isolating every single letter of the alphabet at, that Megan works, would say. And like it would sounds, just, probably. Yes, it, 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 it creates a kind of a syllabic profile of Whoa. things that you say. So what that it, it needs to know both what Megan has said in a correct sense 
uh, and what she sounds like. It needs those two pieces of information. So wow. it, it needs the transcription of what that audio recording is supposed to be saying, and it needs um, it, it it needs the audio itself. And from those two pieces, it can do a pretty good impression. I'm wow. not saying anything else. Yeah, I know. <laughs> is that you, Megan? <laughs> it is her. That's really cool. Wow. You got any other questions for ChatGPT for now? I mean, we we can we can ask it all sorts of things though. You could ask it general concepts about um, science or technology. You can ask it about uh, the works of Chaucer or. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I think that the whole idea here is just to give people an idea of what the heck we're talking about and what it can yeah. do. But it's definitely something that people can find, or is it only open to certain users? I- uh, Dolly, for right now, uh, all of OpenAI's products right now are available to people who already have a logon, although I think they've opened up logons to the general public. So you have to sign up with, with uh, OpenAI and make an account. I just did that, actually, yesterday. Yeah, and it, and it gives you access to Dolly, which I think they charge somewhere around a few cents to make a new art image. Mm-hmm. Um ChatGPT is just for research right now. It's been presented to the public so that people can scrutinize it. Which, again, is a very good thing. Yeah. Uh, we have these situations where we don't know what Google has the capability to do in-house in terms of this. They may have had a product that's worlds ahead of this for years now. We wouldn't know. Mm. What OpenAI is doing is saying, here's this technology. We're not limiting access to it. We're just making sure that when it's presented, it's presented ethically and responsibly, which is more than you can say about pretty much any other <laughs> approach to this right now. Mm. Can I ask one more question? Yeah, go for it. Is cryptocurrency worth it? All right, so we're going to ask uh, ChatGPT if cryptocurrency is worth it, although I may change that prompt. Yeah, I'm going to change that prompt. Explain why, though. Because you're not worth worth it to what? Yes, um, you have to imagine as if you're talking to, uh, you know, someone who grew up in the darkness of a cave. Mm. This ChatGPT doesn't know why you're asking what you're asking. Uh, it doesn't necessarily, it, it might infer the context of people wonder about whether or not crypto is worth it on a financial level as right. an individual buyer. But you could be asking, is crypto worth it to me because I'm a $200 million worth hedge fund manager? Right, right, right. Those are different perspectives. There's, there are different questions coming from different people. It doesn't have the kind of context that a real human has. So you have to give it that. Yes, you have to give it that context to some degree. So uh, if I was going to ask it a question like, is crypto worth it? I might explain it as, is crypto a financially responsible decision for everyday people? Which I think is enough. It might answer it based off of your prompt alone, Luke, but it might also just need a little bit more information to give us something that we really want. So let's ask it. Investing in cryptocurrencies is a decision. Cryptocurrency Sorry. selected. Why don't I just read this one? Do you... Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So I asked it, is crypto worth investing in for a normal everyday person? Its response was, investing in cryptocurrencies is a decision that ultimately depends on an individual's financial goals, risk tolerance, and overall investment strategy. Cryptocurrencies can be highly volatile and carry a significant level of risk, so it is important for anyone considering an investment in crypto to do their own research and consult with a financial advisor before making any decisions. It is also important to remember that cryptocurrencies are not regulated by any government or financial institution, and as such, investing in them carries a higher level of risk than traditional investments. As with any investment, it is crucial to carefully consider all of the potential risks and rewards before making a decision. But even if you take just that sentence structure and the fact that it cryptocurrency to crypto at one point, like right. 
it's very readable and it looks like or it seems like somebody almost. wrote it. Yeah, not a computer. Yeah. Wow. David, thanks for um, enlightening us on this new technology. Do you think it's important to embrace? Should people play with it? People should play with it. Don't so, spend money on it. Uh, these things are coming about. Right. There's there's a lot of opportunity going on with this. I would say my, my number one hesitation with AI right now is that it serves to um, benefit particular groups of people that are looking to save money for particular reasons. Mm. Mm. That's so, interesting. It's it's very advantageous for companies like Google and Amazon to explain these things as intelligence because it benefits them to get rid of people who are operating on these things. Ultimately, we've made a very big point today in talking about the importance of what's being prompted. Mm-hmm. I already knew the answers to these questions for the most part when I asked them. I knew where to guide myself in order to get there. If I was a programmer writing programs using ChatGPT, right. it's a great reference tool to make quick work of things that I would normally have to search for cross-reference. Mm. But in terms of the actual concept of can it create the original thought of what needed to be done in the program in the first place? Probably not. Right. Mm. Yeah. So in that way, it's more of a tool than an intelligence. I would say we should keep it that way as well. David, thank you. You're welcome. Welcome to Exiting Narrator. And before we go, we're going to depart this world of AI into a strictly human thing, playing games. Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602, changing lives. Explain your DNA on, on 10 cases, man. You're inside the police interrogation room with the alleged Potomac River rapist. I'm not guilty on any of this stuff. So calm, so reasonable. Could this be the man who terrorized women for nine years before murdering a brilliant scientist two decades ago? Experience one of the most fascinating true crime podcasts available. Join crime reporter Paul Wagner for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms. Okay, so before we go, a lot of holiday parties are coming up. Group gatherings are upon us. And just, it's funny though, because every time I go to a party and they say we're going to play a game, I'm like, ugh. (laughs) Really? I'm like, yes, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) But there are, I mean, it depends on the game, right? So um, we have two games, one each, that we think are kind of good for groups. Yeah. And they're like they're scalable, right? I mean, you don't have to have like 25 people to play these games. Really important. Yeah. So um, do you want me to start or do you want to start? Go for it. Okay, mine is really, really simple. Um, simple is good. Yeah, and it, you can do it with kids, too, which is helpful if you're having a big holiday party. Okay. So, okay, you get a ruled piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, on one side of the ruled piece of paper, just all the way down in the margin, you write the letters A through Z, right? Easy. Just one after another, all the way down. Yeah. Then same on the same line, just like, you know, a couple yep. inches to, to, the, to the right, you write Z through A all the way down. So, ideally, you'd have, on each line, you'd have A... Z. Yeah. Right? Okay. All the way down. Totally. I will, B- we, we won't do y. that now. Yeah, good. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why my brain isn't working. Okay. So the idea is you split the party into groups. Okay. And the party, each group has to come up with celebrity names. 
and they don't have to be like Kim Kardashian. It can be like scientists, politicians, just anybody who Anyone is very well known. Yes. Okay. And you tr- want to try and go for names that are not obvious. Okay. If you get MJ and you pick Michael Jackson, there's a great chance that other groups are going to pick that name. Right. And so, so unique celebrity names. You're trying to think of unique celebrity names. Mm. And when you come back together, everybody goes through, okay, what'd you guys get for AZ? Okay. And the more, so if, if, I, if I put down, I can't even think of an AZ right now. I was going to say Aziz Ansari, but that's not right. Anyway, I'm going to use the Michael Jackson reference again. Okay. If you and I both put down Michael Jackson, we cancel each other out. Interesting. But what if I did Michael Jordan and you did Michael Jackson? Yep. Then we each get one point. Okay. So you go down the list, and obviously the more unique the name, the less of a chance the other people are going to have it. Okay. And whoever, whichever group gets the most points wins. Interesting. Yes. Cool. Wow. That's a good game. See, that's pretty simple. Mine is like a little bit more complex, but just as fun. Okay. So Hit it's, me. It's called Fishbowl. And basically how you play, I'm just going to start at the beginning. You start by ripping up pieces of paper into As small so. pieces. <laughs> like so. And you hand each participant, let's say you're playing with a group of six, you hand each person four ripped up pieces of paper. They write one word on that piece of paper. Okay. So I'd write potato, right? You just Any object. Okay. You then have... Six times four is 24. So you have 24 little pieces of paper. You fold them up, <laughs> and then you put them in a bowl, the fish bowl. If you don't have a fish bowl, just use, you know, a baking bowl, whatever. Right. You shake them up. You got shaking up the 24 objects. Shuffle them around. Shuffle them around. Yeah. You break up into two teams, so three on one, three on another, and you go through three rounds. And the first round is one team takes the bowl full of the pieces of paper one person on that team tries to explain what is on the piece of paper with language, but you can't use that word, obviously, okay. right? Yep. You have a minute to do that. Okay, so you're trying to get as many as you can so in pers- a minute. Yeah, so person one on team B has a minute. Person one of team B only gets through six objects, right? So now instead of 24 things in the fishbowl, mm-hmm. there are 18 things in the fishbowl. Okay. They pass the bowl back to the other team, mm-hmm. and... Uh, Member one of team A does the same thing. You do that until the bowl is empty. You then count up the points. Let's say team A killed it and they have 18 points Mm -hmm. and team B only has six. You then put everything back into the bowl. Okay. But this second round, you do the same thing, but instead of language, you act it out. So no (laughs) words at all. I'm just thinking of someone acting out potato. Right, exactly. No, it gets pretty funny pretty fast. But everyone has heard all of the words. Does that make sense? So you know it's of the 24 words. It's got to be one of them. So it gets easier and easier. You finish out the bowl, count the scores, you know, add them up. The last round is the hardest. The last round, you only have one word. So if it's potato, I would say chips. And I'd hope... That someone on my team would say, oh, chips, potato, potato. Right. And then, you know, then we, you go through and then you add up the scores at the end and whoever wins, wins. Fishbowl. It's pretty good. I've played this before, but we did it with people and it was so much harder. Oh, whoa. Like, oh my names. gosh. Yes. That's hard. There are also, I'm sure, non-competitive holiday games out there, but we don't have time for them. <laughs> That's true. Nor the patience. I want to <laughs> win. Okay. Look, like, I love my hope. family and friends, but, you know, a little competition is good for everyone. <laughs> That'll do it for us today on the DMV Download. We're brought to you by Steamfitters, and our music is by Real World. Leave us a review and rate our show if you get the chance, and share your favorite holiday games with us. Uh, You can become a VIP listener at dmvdownload.com.
The DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area, 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland, online at WTOP.com, and of course, on the WTOP News app. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you Monday.